Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. You're very welcome to Tuesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. God, the news, the news. And one of the big stories really catching my attention are the two boys, the two Leaving Cert boys, Max Wall and Andrew O'Donnell, who died on the Greek island of Eos, out there after the Leaving Cert with 90 others from St. Michael's College and thousands of students going abroad after the Leaving Cert to celebrate the end of one uh, part of their lives and the beginning of a new one. Little did they know, going away, other parents who waved them goodbye, that they wouldn't return ever. Well, today in the Irish Independent, we noticed a very interesting article on this whole subject of parenting and letting go by the one and only Barbara Scully of this parish when I'm not here. And she's on the line. Hello, Barbara. Hi, Jerry. This is kind of surreal to be talking to you from this end again. <laughs> yes, well, nice to join you. It is nice to have you with us today. Barbara, I suppose, as you say, the initial reaction from parents is... Let's bring them all home as soon as possible. Get them back into the cocoon of the family nest. And you've been writing about this, but it's understandable, but probably not something that's going to happen. No, no. And it is your first reaction is a visceral reaction. You know, any time, no matter what age your children are, even if they're older than these two young young men were, if trouble hits, your first instinct is get them home, gather them back into the safety of home and into your arms. And I'm sure, and it was one of the reasons, the things that I wanted to kind of address in the piece that I wrote, because I'm aware of the fact that there are probably thousands of parents around the country whose kids are either about to travel or are already out in various places on the post-leaving search holiday, you know, who must, who would have been worried anyway and are now probably doubly worried. Um, so, you know, what I wanted to say was that's very normal reaction and it's a very understandable reaction, but it's not a very logical reaction. Um, and, you know, I, I went on from that to say that in my experience, and my children are all adults now, my youngest is 23 and my oldest is 30, nearly six, um, is that, that, you know, one of the hardest parts of parenting is actually the bit at the very end of parenting, if you like, the very end of active parenting, when your kids are age 17, 18, 19, and it is letting them go and giving them their freedom. That is the hardest thing to do, but it is also the very kind of core, if you like, of parenting, because none of us as parents want anything except for our children to lead independent, fulfilling and happy lives. And in order for them to do that, 
we have to start to let them go. And it's very counterintuitive. It does. I mean, my three all went on post leaving cert holidays. And it is, you know, it is a hard thing to do because it's the first time probably that they will have travelled without you being there. And I mean, you worry from the basic things about they're going to lose their passport. Like they can't, they can't keep hold of their whole door key. They're going to lose their passport. Yeah. They're going to lose their money. They're going to lose their bank card um, or something worse. And, and what has happened to, to the two young men from, from St. Michael's College is the absolute worst thing that you could ever imagine happening. Mm. But also, I think we need to realise that these kind of awful tragedies happen whether they're at home or abroad. Mm. It's not a part of being abroad. It was something that it was unusual and it is rare, thank God. But life can deliver these kind of awful blows, whether your children are living at home and just going out around their own business or if they're on holidays in Greece, you know. Yeah, that is so true. I suppose the question, certainly going through the parents and families of Maxwell and Andrew O'Donnell and many others besides will be thinking this is, did we do enough? Did we prepare them well enough? You know what I'm saying, Barbara? No, I do. I do. I really do. And I think that it was, again, one of the things that I want to say. There's very little I think anybody can say to a parents particularly who are bereaved in this very sudden, very shocking way. But I hope, um, as I wrote in the piece, I hope that, you know, in the coming weeks and months that they won't, I'm sure they will, but I hope they don't berate themselves that they could have done more. Because as I said, these things can come out of the blue at any time. And what they actually did was, in my opinion, and I would state I'm writing as a parent, not as a child expert or a child psychologist or anything like that. But in my experience, what they did was the right thing. They give, they gave their, their, their boys their freedom. And that is the right thing to do. Because even though they're 18 and it feels that they're not, you know, that they're still kind of kids, they're not. They're actually adults. They're old enough to drive. They're old enough to vote. They're old enough to get married. So therefore, this is the right thing to do to give them their freedom. What happened was one of these random, awful tragedies. And the fact that these were two young men from the same school who died on the same holiday on the same island, but in different circumstances, just shows you how random and how unbelievable and how difficult life can be to understand at times, because there is no logic to any of this. These random things, these awful things can come out of the blue. um, And, you know, no matter how much they had prepared them, it probably wouldn't have made any difference at all. This was just one of these. I mean, we'll never understand it. Perhaps when we go to wherever we go after this, we might understand why these kind of things happen. Mm. But we don't understand it. Mm. And I mean, I think the other thing we have to be very cognizant of as well, and I'm sure, again, there are parents out there whose kids, um, you know, were with these boys in EOS. Um, and their friends are going to be in need of a lot of, of kind of support and comfort over the coming weeks. Because it's very difficult when you're 18 to come to grips with the fact that somebody who was your friend, who was a part of your life, who, like you, was on the cusp of life and who had plans, you know, made to go to college or or whatever else, had dreams of how their lives were going to unfold, are now suddenly gone. Mm. And those those other uh, young people, you know, will be facing into in the coming uh, week or so, probably, of funerals of these friends of theirs who were with them only the other day and are now suddenly gone and that's very hard to come to terms with at any age but particularly when you're only 18 and it's the first time you've possibly ever 
had to deal with a death up close. Yes. And that's very, very difficult as well, yes, you know. It's going to be very difficult over the coming days for, for all concerned. Um, uh, look, it, it's a rite of passage. This happens. It's inevitable for everybody. But you're going into out into a, a very different world today, uh, Barbara, than you and I would have gone out to many moons ago. Well, I mean, you, you yeah, know. I sometimes wonder about that. I mean, <laughs> you know, I think I think one of the big differences between now, there's two big differences, I think. Number one is that, Jerry, when you and I were that age, we probably left school. We probably went straight to work. We didn't go to college. Uh, most of us. And I think a lot of us, our parents would have considered us to be adults. As soon as we walked out the gate of school, that's it, you're now an adult. Go and get a job, start earning the money yeah. and you're away. And our generation, I didn't, but our generation tended to get married much earlier and all mm. that kind of stuff. Mm. So if you like, we were kind of given the adult adult role earlier than the current generation who tend to go to college. And that tends to make us, their parents, think they're not really adults yet because they're not earning and they're still in college and sure, you know, they're this idiotic. So I think that's one thing that is different. I think the other thing, um, the other thing that is different now is just gone out of my head. What was I going to say about the other thing that was different? Uh, Oh, the other thing that is different is that I I think our parents, like uh, my parents certainly had the clue what I got up to most of the time when I went out because my life was totally different to theirs at, at the same age. And there was no mobile phones and there was no social media and there was no kind of people sharing stuff. So they really hadn't hadn't a clue what I was up to half the time. Mm. And I certainly remember the first holiday I went on on my own and I was 18. But I was working in the travel business and I went off with a friend. And I mean, you know, I did all kinds of stupid things that I certainly never told them I did. But Mm. certainly when I came back and got a bit of sense, I kind of thought, gee, Mac, you know, God, I got away with that and I was lucky. Uh, but again, it's part of growing up is that we you have to take risks and you have to take chances and you have to learn by your mistakes. Mm. And it is the hardest part of parenting is sitting back, knowing, you know, that your child probably will make mistakes and hoping for the best. But what everybody has to remember is that the vast majority of our kids who go on these holidays, and it is an uncomfortable thing as a parent to, to pack them off and let them go, but the vast majority of them come home reasonably unscathed. What happened in Greece was a terrible tragedy, but it Mm. was rare. You know, and I think parents need to remember that. Yes, and, and I think as well, what I'm thinking of when I think back to my time, and I, and I agree with you on most you say there, first of all, the other thing I hadn't, you wouldn't have the money to go to Greece, you wouldn't have the money that's to go it. to Mornington, that's never true. mind, and that's only out the road from us here, and, and that's one thing. And, and, and as that's well true. as that, you know, it's a release. They're finished, you know, they're secondary, uh, they're about to embark on another stage of their lives, and look at, they, they take a drink perhaps for the first time, they dabble in other things as well, and you know, it's like young, I'm trying to think here, man said to me one day on the show you know when you let young cattle out in the springtime and they kick their heels in the air and away they go and they're buck you know and everywhere called? go on do you know what that's called go on we were talking about this I'm actually talking to you from the West Cork so I'm hanging out with a lot of cows at the minute <laughs> and donkeys but do you know what that's called when cows kick up their heels like that and I'm a city girl telling you this when they kick up their heels like that when you let them out in the fields it's called mockness the mm. joy of cows there you go. And that's a name that was used. Was Mockness a theatre group? Mockness Theatre Company, yeah. Aren't they? Yes. Name, yeah. 
hope I'm right on that. I don't yeah. know after getting that. Oh, well, don't worry, don't that. worry, Barbara. You know, sitting Good here, the story. listeners, the listeners will tell us one way or the other if it's right yes, or wrong. Will. You can be sure sure about that. But you know that that is, as you say there, and you've been alluding to uh, through our conversation. That is certainly what happens, and this is a, a tragedy beyond belief. Two boys on the one school on the one island, as you said. It's incredible yeah. the way uh, the dice has rolled uh, on this occasion. But look at back to the point again you can only instill in them your experience your advice your knowledge and hope hope that a grain or two of it stays with them exactly that's all you can do and take comfort from the fact that the majority the vast majority of them will come home reasonably unscathed and in fact in my experience and from talking to like friends of mine who are at the same stage there are quite a few of them come home and go I never really want to go on that kind of holiday again (laughs) I didn't really enjoy it that yes, much, you know, yes. but they have to be allowed to go and experience it if it is what they want to do. Mm. Um, and I think that, that generally, um, you know, parents understand that. And although, as I say, I know there's people probably listening whose kids are currently abroad somewhere on the post leaving search holidays and they're probably not sleeping that well at night worrying about it. Um, is to remember that the vast majority of them will come home reasonably unscathed and wiser for having for having had the experience, you know. And I think, uh, parent, as the parents of these two two young fellas, like they did the right thing. They gave their boys the freedom to go with their with their schoolmates, with their friends to have this holiday, and that was the right thing for them to do. Yes. Unfortunately, what happened could have happened mm. here. Mm. Could happen on a night out here. Could happen in the middle of the afternoon here. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be a night out. So, you know, um, life can can shoot you these awful tragedies um, that you don't see coming and that you can't mm. mitigate against, you know. Sure. But uh, for the families, I, I, we I must think say. Of them. I want to say that, yes. We think yeah. of the families today, especially at this time. Yeah. It's and the awful. school community yes. and the, the friends of these two young men, because it's very difficult to deal with something like that when you... Are only 18, you it know? It really is. Anyway, definition, Mockness, a word for exuberant joy of cattle at spring <laughs> turnout. You oh, are on the money, Barbara Scully. <laughs> and that definition, thanks to a lady you know from Miss Louise Walsh with the definition well, today for us. There you are. Good. Thanks, Louise. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're on the money. Listen, you're so good to take time out from That's your break so to join us on the you. show. Love the, love the article. Reader in the Irish Independent today ladies and gentlemen online or if you buy the paper or whatever wherever you get your news from anyway see you soon you will indeed thanks a million take thanks. care Barbara bye bye that's uh, the wonderful Barbara Scully there interesting uh, topic indeed and again I say our sympathies are with the families of Max Wall and Andrew O'Donnell two boys who completed their leaving cert had their lives in front of them went on holidays full of the joys of life and won't be coming home Really nice message from Dolores there on another matter entirely. Hi Jerry, I was at the Mead Ladies March in Park Talton on Saturday when I got a nosebleed. Two very nice ladies stayed with me in the uh, toilets and looked after me and got a paramedic. I would like to thank all of them for being so kind to me. I don't know any of their names so hopefully they might hear this message. It was greatly appreciated, says Dolores. And thank you to those ladies and well done. And I hope somebody hears it today. Uh, if you know who you are or it was you, you're very, very good and Dolores is very grateful indeed. Biker Grove, go on, tell me, did you ever watch it? No. Oh, that's enough. Okay, next subject. Never watched Biker Grove, but I do know Anton Deck were in the original. They were? Yeah. That's what I wanted to say. They were in the original. Do you know it ran from 1989 to 2006? 
Oh, 17 no. years. I never, I remember all those Grange Hills and the whole lot. Yeah. I never remember Biker Grove. Well, there you are. It did run. Finished in 2006 after a long, long run. Anton Deck, you're right. I wanted to see that you know. You knew mm. that anyway. I that knew that, yeah. Anton Deck were in it. Well, let it me tell you. It career, didn't it? It did. And mm. let me tell you what's happening now. The return and the favour because it's coming back. And Anton Deck are going are back as the grandparents behind it. <laughs> no, no, I think, oh. but they're, they've they've revived it, and it's going to deal with. If you think about two thousand and six and today, oh yeah. my God, different world. Mm. It's going to deal with the issues of today that young people have to deal with. So they're behind the revival. Was it, it bikes? It was like um, rally bikes, wasn't it back mm. then? Like um, mm. what do you call those bikes? Big handles, choppers, choppers. Yeah, mm. wasn't it? Yeah. So now it'd be electric bikes yeah, and I think so. scooters, and, scooters and, stuff. and things like that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Biker Grove is on the way back. Happy Independence Day to all in the United States who may be listening to us today, the fourth of July. Big celebrations there all around. I see there was chaos at the airports in the states, people trying to travel. But anyway, I hope you're enjoying your day of independence, and uh, we wish all Americans in Ireland. Europe and the world and in America especially a happy happy Independence Day it's a huge celebration there for everybody concerned Um, did you know this just before we uh, head uh, towards news top of the hour did you know that sketching and drawing are you any good at sketch no hold on a minute will I ask that again I refrain I'll Mm. rephrase that are you any good at sketching (laughs) or drawing Louise no everything with me is Big circles. Even yeah. if I was to draw Frankenstein's head, it'd be a big circle. I was in the middle of that. Leave that microphone alone. I was in the middle of that. <laughs> I, she was doing, she was describing <laughs> the circles there and she just, boom. Anyway, uh, yes, I was going to ask, I was actually going to pull back from the question when I started to ask it to you because I'm always slagging you about, aren't I? The notes and everything. And, and look, at I wouldn't be either, but I know some people are. But actually, it's fantastic. And they've, another research finding, digital detox. It's a great thing for digital detox to leave, you know, the digital mm-hmm. aside and start sketching or drawing or things like that. It is now actually proven. So there you are. Lots of people taking it up and enjoying the sketching and drawing. I was no good at it myself. Jared, my son, what a man to sketch. Can he Still? sketch? Oh, he's brilliant. It's just something he had. Yeah. He was never thought of that. He can. He's brilliant at the sketching, drawing and honestly. It's not something you learn. I think. No, I you think you, learn, you yeah. either Born have it. it. It's either innate within you or you don't have it. Mm. It's as simple as that. When you start talking about 13 years ago and remembering meeting my next guest for the first time and where their story really all began. Well, there was a story before that, but the business story. Yes, I remember well Gemma McGowan and my next guest today, Donna Quigley, telling me about their idea back in 2010 when they started in their kitchen and my word has it developed since the handmade soap company I'm talking about and co-founder Donna Quigley is with me on the show welcome back thanks Jerry thanks great to see you no delighted to see you in studio when you say 13 years yeah 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 where has it gone well sometimes it feels like a long 13 years and sometimes you wake up in the morning and go what happened Mm. yeah from the kitchen, like the idea started, I remember it so well. Look who you are today. You, you, you've lots have happened. You're based in Slane now. How many people do you employ? You know, is it is, is there a seasonal aspect to it too? There is. So we're definitely busier in the second half of the year, and the team swells to seventy. Then at the minute, it's a little bit quieter. We've about forty in the team altogether. Mm, God, it's a big operation now, isn't it? It's a lot bigger than it was when we started with two pots in the kitchen. <laughs> 
is it, you know, more challenging, like having a bigger business? Sure, it has to be, and, and employing all these people and all that goes along with that. Yeah, it, it is. There's no doubt about it. There's there's two sides to it. I mean, if you had said to me 13 years ago, we'd be where we are now, and you know, we'd we'd have really nice presence in Ireland and really good retailer support and 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 a really kind of loyal consumer base. And we'd also be exporting and going to America every month and, and all this kind of stuff which is going on. If you had said that was on offer to me 13 years ago, I would have taken it with open arms. So when, when I look back, that side of it's been good. The flip side of that, I remember someone whose opinion I very much respect. He said to me, listen, success is great, but all it does is gives you better problems, you know. And, and so there is an element to that, like as the numbers grow, so do the size of the problems sometimes. However, all that being said on balance, I, I'm always mindful of, um, there was an old uh, French French philosopher, Bertrand Russell, he said, you know, uh, compared to what, you know, so w- w- what is the alternative? And I'm very grateful for where we are. So I, I would happily take the good and the bad and, and be grateful for the position we're in. Oh, that's really nice of you to say scents, body and skin care, home fragrances, deodorants, you know, the soap as well, of course, we have to mention that where it began. Look at the range you have now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's grown beyond what I ever thought possible. And particularly the last few years, I mean, when we started, we did just start with soaps, then we grew to liquid soaps and so on. But back in the early days of the business, it wasn't really a defined category. And then it was becoming, the word wellness was being bandied about pre-COVID, but then when COVID and and everything changed, wellness became a real thing. And so our product type fell under this umbrella called wellness. And and it allowed us to move into slightly different areas. We were heading towards anyway, but it just made it easier to explain what the product offering was. Mm. You mentioned COVID and I remember us talking when we couldn't see each other, we couldn't see anybody. Look at that time, oh my God, when I reflect on it. But you, uh, you know, pirouetted quickly into the sanitizer end of things and that became obviously huge for you at that stage. Is it still part, do you do it still or is it diminished? We still make a hand sanitizer, but it's just one of another product now. Mm. was definitely a moment in time where you know in the early days there was so much fear and people thought this product was really going to keep them safe which it was mm. at that time when none of us knew what was going on but it was definitely something that went up really quickly and down really quickly in terms of demand yeah interesting in your product range which I say are absolutely beautiful and I know many of your fan club who are regulars in, in picking up uh, what you provide I want to talk to you for a moment about something that's been topical say for the last month especially with the real hot weather but really at any time of the year and that's deodorant and this debate that has been going on for years what's in the can when you look at all the ingredients in the proprietary uh, deodorant you do a totally natural one yeah it's been a passion project of mine for years so um, for the last number of years I've, I've always been fairly active but I've been doing a lot of running and kind of trail running and stuff and that brings with it side issues as in you know you sweat a lot when you're doing it so and I've 
the, the type of products we've always made have been very strong emphasis on the natural formulation. So mm. uh, from from the start, that's been paramount. But deodorant was something that always was in the back of my mind because I could never find an effective natural deodorant. I was very conscious. I've always used roll-ons. I think the only time I ever used spray deodorants was when I was kind of a kid and just didn't know any different. But, you know, the, for, for 20 years I've used roll-ons, but then you kind of go... You know, is it natural that I'm not sweating at all? You know, mm. I, I think we, we all need to sweat some amount, whereas yes. some of these roll-on deodorants, they can actually clog up the pores. And what I found personally was, you know, my, my pores were getting really red and irritated and they were almost working too well. And then when you do a bit of deep dive into them and the aluminium and the sulfates and all the stuff that actually stops you sweating, you realise, well, that's not good either. So where can we land with? So we did a lot of research around it. And, you know, where we've landed, it's a three-pronged approach. So we've ingredients in there that attack the bacteria, which what give you the BO smell. We've uh, essential oils, which help you smell nice or kind of counterbalance mm. because we don't want to get rid of the bacteria altogether, but we can get rid of some of them. Mm. And so we still think, and I'm not a doctor on this, but we still think you should sweat, you know, yeah. but we just don't, don't, don't want to leave you really smelly. And then, um, you know, the packaging was always a big piece for us. So this natural deodorant we put in a fully compostable package as well. It's a cardboard tube. It basically means when you're finished, you can just throw it in the food waste and, and your job is done. Mm. And and is that roll-on or spray or a cream or what? How do so you that, apply it? That's a roll-on. It's called a stick deodorant. It rolls on yes. just like a normal roll-on and um, hopefully it does the job. I, 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 I really like what you're saying there because sweating is a natural occurrence in the human being it simply is and the more you exercise the more you're going to sweat yeah. if the weather's hotter you're actually going to sweat but yeah. I think you're right we got to you know you got to let that's the way our body naturally works and preventing yeah. that doesn't make sense does it really I think so and you know they say the skin is the biggest organ in the body but there's mm. particular points over your skin where you know they, 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 there's more capacity for uh, um, stuff to go in and out of your skin yes. and underneath your armpits are particularly vulnerable so I, d I just think you need to be quite careful about what you put on uh, Available online to Online we have a great uh, retail partner Andrada Lilia and the Design Gallery has been supporting us for years and the full range is online of course yeah. Yeah. While you're on that your route to market is interesting because you've mentioned uh, the Design Gallery wonderful people there you mentioned the retailers around the country your online business your exporting as well are they equal measure, you know, when you break down the different channels or is one more significant than other? The, the slices of the pie. Yeah. So, um, for, for, yeah, you know, COVID threw everything up in the air. So, so uh, online was always very good for us, about 15%. But now it spiked during COVID and the shops were closed, so they've come back. So I'd say, I'd say predominantly we're still a wholesale model. We make the product in Slane and we sell it to the likes of the Design Gallery or yes. Volker or Kilkenny or other shops. Online, direct-to-consumer accounts for 25% of our mm. sales. We also supply hotels there at about 15 20%, um, you know, for for the amenities in the rooms but thankfully now most hotels are moving to pump dispensers which we're delighted about so um, it, it's just less plastic waste mm. and less plastic usage uh, so predominantly wholesale a little bit of hospitality a little bit online mm, Interesting mix and are you always looking for new re retailers you know and, and are there criteria will you only deal you know you must yeah, have trust I take it We do In our, it's funny in Ireland we're in a very, very lucky position where 
we're, we're kind of at maximum footprint for where we want the brand to mm. be. Mm. So, so Ireland's pretty good. It's just about minding what we have and keeping everyone happy and making them feel, you know, show them a bit of love. So for us, the big growth is coming in the US. Mm. Do you see this getting bigger? Do you see how, you know, you mentioned you're happy with capacity yeah. in Ireland, but where can you go with this? When you talk about the States, look at the market you have over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the brand is ready to scale over there. Like, right. we've proved success. So I think we're doing quite well in the Irish market. Um, in the US, we've proved that the model works. So the model is, we sell it to shops like we do in Ireland, and the consumer goes, that's lovely, and they buy it. But they take it home, use it, and they go, that felt lovely. I'm going to go back for more. So we're proving that works in the US. We have a couple of hundred accounts over there. So it, 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 it's it's interesting over there. It's at this kind of tipping point where it's ready just to scale. We've mm. proved product's great, consumer loves it, and um, now we just need to keep doing a bit more of it. And you are doing a bit more. Can I call you Jeremy? Uh, or would that be just taking it a step too far? Would I, could I call you Mr. after Mr. Clarkson, Jeremy Clarkson? No, or would that be insulting you? Well, it's, I don't know if we'd be insulting, but we're not quite at that level anyway. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, they'll probably think, what are you talking about, Kelly? Well, you know, Mr. Clarkson has diversified into farming and bought a farm. Donna and Gemma have too. Tell them the story. Yeah, no, it's it's much smaller than Jeremy's. Yes. But, um, so... Uh, well, it's, it's just been a long, long ambition. I think when myself and Jem first started going out, this is 16, 17 years ago, one night we drew a picture of what we'd like in our future and it was a little house on a few acres and uh, last year we were able to make to realise that. So we bought 30 acres just behind Newgrange. So it's it's been a passion project um, but we're we're all in feed first and it, it's, now, it's, it's a lifelong project now really. The farm, what was it before you bought so, it? What did it, it do? Was, it was in pasture. So Okay. Yeah. So for the had, the field hasn't been ploughed for about 40 years. Uh, it's an old breed of ryegrass on it and it was just in pasture. What's your plans? What are you going to do? So lots of plans. So Gemma is doing a year-long horticultural course with the kind of guru of market gardening in Ireland, Jim Cronin, down in Killaloo. So we've set up the market gardens on the house and that's a lot of work. And like we're only now reaping the benefits of it and we're eating like kings every night. It's great. And mm. Fair play to Gemma. So we, I, I did a regenerative agriculture course last year. So we started off just taking a load of soil, tests around the soil, just to get a ba- around the, the farm, just to get a ba- baseline level of where we at. We managed to track down some really old ordnance survey maps about 200 years ago. And currently it's just one open field, 30 acres, but um, originally it was six smaller fields. So uh, last year we put in, and part of it we put in a thousand willow. And the reason for that was uh, biofuel. So, so you know, you let it grow a few years, harvest it, copse yes. it, it grows back more abundantly and so on. So mm. we set that out block. So that will give us a fuel for, for the rest of our life. Uh, we also said about planting a lot of native woodland and then we planted an orchard as well. So we got that in, in around Christmas. The plan this year then is to divide it up into the old field structure. Um, we've put in, so we, we, we're just doing a lot of experimentation around cover crops and kind of wildflower, wild meadow restoration at the minute. So we've put in, uh, only about six weeks ago, um, a couple of acres. It, it's a transition cover crop to 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 
bully out the ryegrass so that it's ready for um, a native wild, wild meadow last year. So that's only that's that's only starting to flower now and it'd put a smile on your face. That's lovely. So a couple of acres of that. The idea is if that works, we'll do a couple more acres and a couple more acres. But we just need to prove the theory as we go. We'll divide the field up into smaller paddocks and then we'll get some Dexter cows there as well. The thinking about they're smaller breed, they're less hard in the ground, but you can leave them out all year round as well. Mm. And they taste pretty good. <laughs> I was waiting for that. It's a fantastic and fascinating project that you are really restoring the farm to what it was over a couple of centuries ago by re, you know, uh, imprinting the fields on the open 30 acres and so many you know, lovely little areas like that have disappeared, thousands of them across Ireland, to have what I call prairies now, if you want the US term. What are you using to uh, denote the fields? Are you putting in hedgerows? Are you putting in stone yeah. walls? What are you doing? No, we, we're going to put in hedgerows for a number of reasons, um, predominantly biodiversity, so it supports a great amount of wildlife. Um, every bit of research we've done around this, you know, it's amazing how quickly nature can come back if given half a chance. Mm. So even just on the wildflower uh, meadow, we were up there last night and now that it's started to flower, you just see 20, 30 swallows swooping in all over and they're obviously there to eat the insects that are jumping off it. So so it's those little small wins, you kind of go, ah, yeah, that's why we're doing it. So so yes, we, we do want it to be a profitable exercise, but we also want it to be an oasis, if you like, for, for mm. all the, the wildlife around. You mentioned growing your own and eating your own, which, you know, I'm into myself as well. On a smaller scale in an urban garden, I have a, a greenhouse and a wee tunnel and a patch and that, and it's, it's fantastic. Um, do you see that becoming a commercial thing or is that just for yourselves? I don't know. Uh, the, the course Gem is studying at the minute is definitely around a commercial focus mm. um, and it's a live conversation. So we'll get through the first year and t- take a bit of a breath and potentially, yes. But I think we all know the amount of physical work growing uh, vegetables, it's it's quite labour intensive. So it's just how do we square that circle on that labour requirement? Is it woofers? Is it, do we go for organic status? You know, mm. how do you, how do you actually turn that into a profit-making exercise? Mm. Because you're, you're selling a premium prov- product. Um, so... Uh, you kind of have to demand a premium price and then you're into route to market and all this kind of stuff. So watch this space. I'm not sure. We'll see how it unfolds over the next few months in terms of the vegetable garden, the market garden. And there's a house involved as well, just to throw that in. I know you mentioned it earlier. There happens to be somewhere to, to live too. Isn't it wonderful to think that even before handmade soap, when you met Gemma first, that you drew that little picture and now these 16 years later, here you are. That picture is going to be a reality. You can take a photograph of it. Yeah, yeah. And when we, earlier on in the conversation, we talked about the good and the bad with the business and the problems being bigger and all that. But, the, you know, I, I do need to be very grateful and respectful of the business because it allows us to do yes. these kind of things. Mm. Um, and we're very lucky that way. And yeah, it's, it kind of is a dream come true. Like, it's brilliant. You know, it really is. You, you have a bad day at work, you go there and you just kind of take a deep breath and 10 minutes there, just the shoulders shrink a bit yeah. and you kind of go, yeah. Oh, there's nothing like being grounded through the air, through growing your own and the land. There certainly isn't. And of course, you're on the um, most historic, you know, plot of land, part of the most historic yeah. plot of land in Ireland there, close to Newgrange. God only knows what's below, Donna. 
Yeah, well, I'm hoping not a lot now. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's it, it's it's amazing. It's about yeah. five hundred yards from where I grew yes, up. Yes, there you are. You're bringing it. You're going back home with with the whole thing as well. Yeah. It's it's simply wonderful. My God, there's so much going on in your lives. It's it's fantastic. I wish you well uh, with the new venture and the handmade soap company. You deserve it both. You really, really do because you work so hard and put so much into it. And it just shows you, folks, that dreams do come true. Donna Quigley, best regards to. Emma and your children and everybody please and thank you again for popping in today it's been a real pleasure thanks so much for having us Terry yes the special needs assistance in Louth community group have been selected as a national finalist in the national lottery good causes award for 2023 and when you're selected for this there is very good reason and we're going to find out what they do and what they're all about now Dawn Collins joins me on the line she's part of the group Dawn good afternoon to you Hi how are you thanks so much for having us Not at all Dawn welcome to the show well tell our listeners what do you do so SNAIL is a community group, SNAIL is Special Needs Assistance in Laos, and it is a group of volunteers, all qualified special needs assistants, and we work in conjunction with a charity called SNAP, Special Needs Active Parents, as well as on our own, basically just to um, supervise children with additional needs and their siblings um, in camps or outings and um our own saleability programme, which is the programme that we won the award for. Fantastic. And does it entail much for volunteers? What time do you have to give to it? Well, it depends. So it does really. You just give the time that you can. You know, we are um, a group. We are all qualified. And when these things come up, we just um, really put it into our own WhatsApp group, who's available, who's not available. Mm. There's no real pressure if you are available. Great, and um, if not, like maybe maybe next time. Yes, you know. which is wonderful, and I, I love that about it. And you're never short; people are always forthcoming. I, I, I know that. Um, how many of you would there be in Snail? And I wasn't going to use the word Snail, but it's a lovely acronym: Special Needs Assistance in Loud. It's perfect, so it is. How many would you have in, in volunteering? At the moment, we have twenty. There's Good. twenty of us. Yes. Yeah. Really good. Well done uh, to all 20 of you. And uh, how did you become involved initially? Were you invited in or were you at the start of this a founder? Uh, No. So I was doing my special needs assistant courses. And on one of the courses I was in, the chairperson of Snail was actually my tutor. Mm. And I have a daughter with additional needs myself. She's autistic and she got talking to me one day because she also has a child with additional needs and she was telling me about the group and asked me if I wanted to get involved and I said, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so, and it is, it covers a spectrum of children with additional needs, all varying. All varying additional needs. Yes, really good. Stay there a minute because one of your fellow volunteers is on the line. I want to say hello to her too. Lara Schmidt is with us as well. Hello, Lara. Hi, good afternoon. Thank you for joining me on the on the show. Yes, and we're delighted to have both of you with us. Tell us in specifically, tell us specifically about this inclusive water spo- sports program that really is at the heart of this. Well, first I'd like to thank you for having us on um, just to promote and explain what's going on here. So three years ago, we came up uh, with the idea 
to uh, bring the children out to the water to see, and with skills and uh, activities they could be working on or building. So we start with water sports. So they are kayaking, they're swimming. Uh, we're using motorboats and yacht, and um, there's a big sail sailboats as well. It all depends on the day as well and the weather. So it's, it's, we're trying to see that suits everybody's individual abilities um, and, and what they're willing and, and to do, really. So mm. There's no pushing anyone into anything. They just do what they want to do. Yes. And uh, the Carlingford Sail Training Centre play a big part in this for you, Lara? Absolutely. They are one of our biggest supporters. A shout-out to Leon and Ivan. Um Really, they they check for the weather. They they keep our equipment. They tell us when the tides are in and out, um, and they pretty much support us uh, physically in place there. Absolutely. And the children feel safe in their care, your care, as you say. There's no pressure on anybody. But when they experience the different aspects of the activities in the water, I'm sure you see it yourselves. It means so much to them. Absolutely, the the confidence the social skills, the teamwork, you know, parents are there as well. Uh, it's just amazing watching these children, you know, just kind of standing at the edge. And then every time, you know, you go in with them, uh, we use a donut that's being pulled by the motorboat. So we go out in the open, <laughs> those who want, obviously. So it's always a promise, you know, if we fall, we fall together. On it. So mm-hmm. we both go into the water till the boat comes and, and picks us up out and fishes out. Like, yeah. Absolutely. It's amazing. It's all about inclusion and teamwork and, and building the community. Absolutely. You never can get out of that piggy promise, as you know. Once you make that, you're, no. you no. are committed for sure. Let me go back for a second to Don. Don, what does being, uh, you know, recognised by the National Lottery Good Causes Award mean in a practical sense to you, you guys? Well, you know, it's it's great that we we have been recognised in this way. We work really hard. You know, we all are volunteers, and it just really gets the the name of snail out there, you know. Um, it also maybe might bring in some donors or sponsors because we're always, everything runs on funding. We're always looking for funding, you know, so we would get a, a lot of our funding, including the funding for saleability from the National Lottery itself. Mm. Um, loud Local Development, uh, we work closely with them. Tara there has been very good to us. Um, the Reach Fund, LMETB, you know, so it, it's all about bringing everything in together you know so when you are recognized in that way it does get you out there and it gets people going huh what is snail you know and, and maybe there's other SNAs out there that then find out about it and want to get involved and then we can expand out to include more children because mm. it is a very inclusive group and it's important to note that it's not just the children with additional needs their siblings can come along as well so it's a whole family group it's all about the inclusivity and mm. that's what essentially we are about here. And that's why we're talking to you today. You see the difference this has made already. You're being featured here and the word is getting out there as well. If there's somebody listening today who'd feel they'd like to be part of it or contribute to uh, special needs assistance in Louth, how do they get in touch with you? Um, We have our email address snasinloud.gmail.com or you can contact Anna on 085-138-4468 and we also have our Facebook page, Snail Loud, and our Instagram page, Snail underscore community underscore group. 
And we would always welcome anybody, uh, any amount, little or large, or whether it just be assistance to to get involved and to get in contact. Yes, share the load, spread it uh, among uh, even a greater group would be a fantastic help. Lara, for yourself and the others, um, were you a water baby before this uh, sailability uh, project began? Are you are you someone who loves the water? Or is it new to you too? And to the to the rest, is it a, is it an introduction also? For me, I'm a water baby. So, All right, um, straight into the cold Irish waters. No bother. Uh, we all wear wetsuits uh, and and the vests, so absolutely. But yeah, there are people who who might not be all that you know familiar with it so it's slowly slowly um and and building the confidence and building the skills so mm. yeah no bother and it's a time to remember the families as well and uh, a moment ago there don mentioned siblings but it must be fantastic for families to see their children with an outlet like this with an activity like this and what it means to them lara oh absolutely you know yourself when the summer starts it's it's really you know, it can be difficult for families to find any activities or clubs or camps. So this really, really fills in the whole summer because we are there every Sunday. We're there from 9.30 in the morning till 4 or 5 in the afternoon. Uh, we do two shifts. So the, there's children in the morning and there's another group in the afternoon with a big lunch in between. Um, and, and we rotate uh, the groups throughout the summer so it's a whole July and whole August it's an eight week program absolutely fantastic commitment I have to say by all of you well I just want to say to both of you today and to the group everybody in the group congratulations on being recognised by the National Lottery Good Causes Award well deserved and uh, I, on behalf of the families may I say thank you to you all as well for what you do for them and for their children it is simply simply wonderful you're great great people uh, thank, you. thank you for joining me Very both much. on the show today and special needs assistance in Louth check them out they're all over the place on social media and on mail as well if you'd like to contribute or get involved thank you so much ladies thank you very much for having us not at all you're very welcome take care that's laura schmidt there and don collins wonderful people from special needs assistance in loud recognized by the national lottery good causes award and it is great to see that and well done again to all concerned back in a moment with what you've guessed it you're two on tuesday it's time for our two on tuesday two on tuesday Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one. But we were so close. I'd be number, number one. one. We were so close. Two on Tuesday. I'm going back to April 2006 for our two on Tuesday today. And really the story of the song and the man begins with the X Factor in 2005. Remember it? Yes, he went on to win X Factor in 2005 with the brilliant song That's My Goal. Yes, I'm talking about Shane Ward. Well, this is his follow-up single that made it to number two on the UK charts in April 06. And it was another big one for him. And it was unusual in the context of X Factor winners because they usually had the X Factor song and that was it. But he followed up with this one and it did quite well for him as well on the uh, charts. Anyway, you're two on Tuesday. Here it comes from Mr Shane Ward. I saw him live in concert. I did indeed. With no promises Hey baby when we are together doing things 
Jane Ward, your two on Tuesday, no promises on your late lunch on LMFM Radio this Tuesday afternoon. I really like Shane Ward as a singer. I went to see him in concert. On foot of that song and a few others, he came to Dublin and put on his show. He hadn't, he hadn't got the songs really. He covered some uh, songs as well, but it was packed uh, the night in question. It really was. And of course, he went on then to play the part of Aidan Connor in Coronation Street for Corrie fans out there and at the moment he's back in the studio recording new music we wait and see what emerges from that so as always on Tuesday we ask ourselves what prevented that one getting to number one because he was on the crest of a wave at the time well when I tell you that the song that stopped him getting to the number one spot spent nine weeks at number one in the UK yes CeeLo Green and Danger Mouse who are they? It's Niles Barkley, the number one. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that place. Even your emotions have an echo and so much space. And when you're out there... Niles Barkley... The number one that prevented our two on Tuesday, no promises from Shane Ward making it to number one in the UK charts. The verdict from herself and myself. I'll start with you, Louise. Which one for you, Shane or Narls? Boo, hiss to Narls. Oh, yeah, I don't like that song at all. At all? No. Nine weeks at number one. No. Crazy. I never watched Top of the Pops. Those okay. <laughs> no, I definitely Shane, Shane Ward. Ward. Yeah, I'm with you. I love him. We agree. We have detente. <laughs> we agree today that it should have been Shane. But there you are. The people buying the records and the downloads, etc. Thought a little bit different. Anyway, I love Shane Ward and no promises. And talking about the song Crazy, you have a crazy story for me. Tell me. I have. Yeah, a mayor in Mexico. A mayor, a man, a human being man. Yes, mayor. a human being man. Yeah. And he married um, an alligator-like reptile who he called his princess girl. He married a reptile? Yes. He said in the wedding ceremony, I accept responsibility because we love each other. That is what is important. So he is married to what he called his princess girl. And um, yeah, it's a female alligator called Alicia Andriana. And she's wearing a wedding dress. Did they kiss? He kisses her on the head, yeah. Yeah, so onlookers clapped and danced and seemingly it's, um, I know you might think he's totally mad, but this is um, a ritual that has been going on for 230 years to commemorate the peace between the Chantal and Huav indigenous groups. Well done to them. Mm. I remember when Rock was young. That cost the taxpayer. (laughs) 
I'd say Elton can rewrite the song. I remember when Rock was young. Me and Chantel had so much fun. The Crocodile Rock. <laughs> I'd say that was <laughs> the first. That was the first dance after they got married. Oh, and her snout is bound shut, so there aren't any premarital mishaps. <laughs> Wait until she gets her teeth into him when he's out in the pub for a night. <laughs> when he comes home. Rawr! Good luck to him there. New mayor. <laughs> no mayor. <laughs> no mayor. No fingers. <laughs> oh, the, oh, the yeah. world. There's no counting for people in the world, is no, there? No, you always say that. There How isn't. strange as folk. Ah, oh, it's just so strange. Anyway, for you being the queen of social media and the online queen... You do know that on Thursday you are going to have to have, do you know this, another app that you'll have to check. I'm not. Well, let me tell you that Meta, who are Facebook, the owner of Facebook, are launching a rival to Twitter, right? Mm -hmm. It's called Threads. Oh. So Threads, you're going to hear more about Threads. We are, but it's not going to be launched in the EU. Why? I don't know. Just read that there, breaking news. Not going to be launched in the EU. Has it been seemingly. blocked? Has it been blocked? It's the States then, is it? States, it's, rest of the world. And probably the UK then, wouldn't it be? Oh yeah, the UK could be open to it. But listen, I'd say it's only a matter of time before threads make their way <laughs> into Europe and everywhere else. You know the way this goes. Yeah. yeah, threads. But I was thinking, I, I have a better name for it. Well, I have a better your name. Your threads is a bit silly, isn't it? Well, you know, following threads and stories mm. and that. So I understand the name behind it. You know, Twitter, right? Yeah. I think Meta should call it Bitter. <laughs> I think you're right. I'll go with that. Bitter. Yes, yes. Wouldn't Bitter be better? Because bitter. of the vial on yes, Twitter. Yes, they should call it Bitter. I think I think that's dead right, it's, Jerry. There's a ring of Twitter. So I think Meta should call this Bitter. Uh, that's my my view. I think it's an appropriate name. It would sum up the nonsense that goes on at times and all that baloney. I think it should be called bitter and not treads. What Get do you right. think? And do you know what? Do you know there. what? There's bitter behind it as well because in the two of them, Zuckerberg and um, what's the chap that owns Twitter now? What's his <laughs> Musk, name again? Elon Musk. Musk. They've agreed to cage fight. Have they? Each other? Yeah. Refereed by Conor McGregor. Fight. Refereed by McGregor. No, <laughs> that hasn't been decided. <laughs> He's the man to put in the middle for sure. If you want an Irish twist to it, Irish loved the world over. Don't cod yourselves. Um, anyway, uh, are you a Twitter person? Anyway, I'm not a Twitter person. I have to say, I have to say, the one I enjoy is Facebook. Yeah, bookface, and that's really going down. Like we're really well, they, showing our age. They say that. I don't believe that for a minute. I don't believe. I, I, I know you hear that as well. But for, for an age, it, it, it is. Facebook is still the thing, and still, don't let anyone tell you it's still popular. You know, you tweet an odd thing. Look, that social media stuff, as you know, is very important in here and in the yeah. world of media. And that it's hugely important. I wouldn't take a thing away from it. And we pick up stuff from it, and we use it ourselves in that as well. It's just when it dominates your life, when you think there's nothing else, and you become mm-hmm. totally hooked. And that's where the problem you, is. Have you? ever put up a bad photo of yourself? You have put one up of me, yeah, you have. I gave oh. it to you. <laughs> yeah, but you gave that's true. <laughs> <laughs> you loser, you loser, you put that's it up and you should have said, oh jeez, that's a shock one. I shouldn't you have You sent it to me, so I thought, well, he obviously Oh, come it on, editorial content <laughs> producer, will you use your, no- your noggin on this one? You ruined me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm only joking. <laughs> Late Lodge LMFM Radio <laughs> News, weather and sport on the way. <laughs> Five, four, three, two, one.
one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number four from this very week in 1987. And when I tell you that this song is huge, you'll know what I mean when you listen to it. It's simply brilliant because it was released on the 2nd of May 1987 and would be the lead single from the the lead single from the album Whitney. It would become Whitney Houston's fourth number one in the USA and ultimately her second chart topper in the UK. But this very week it sat at number four in the charts. When I told you it sold, listen to this, 4.2 million copies in the immediate aftermath of its release worldwide. Well, I ain't one bit surprised. Yes, the number four this week, 1987, Whitney Houston, and I want to dance with somebody. Here we go. Wasn't she brilliant? Whitney Houston, number four from this week in 1987. What a voice, what a loss, what a brilliant lady. Yes, our number four this week. I want to dance with somebody. And I can tell you something, that Stephen Tierney wanted to dance with Jennifer Donoghue at their wedding. But he also wanted to play football with his mates. It's coming up next. Stay with us. Stephen Tierney plays football with Old Castle and he got married recently and he's joining me on Late Lunch today to tell us a wee addendum to the story of the marriage. Hello, Stephen. Hello, Terry. How's things? I'm really good and uh, congratulations to you on both counts. Well, let's start with the wedding first. How long are you going out with this young one, Jennifer Donoghue? Um, well, I suppose we're going out now 10 years and... Uh, she finally said yes. Uh, it took a while to break her down, but we got there in the end. <laughs> a decade of trying, but you got there in the end. When and where was the wedding? The wedding was on Saturday. We got married in Mullet Church, County Calvin, and then we went on to Crover House then, Mernuge in County Calvin. Lovely. I know it well. I fish shield and I'm often looking up at it and the, the guests celebrating weddings there and us flogging for an old trout in the lake under <laughs> Crow. And I often yeah. said, I wish I was up there having a few points. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> you got married and Crover, lovely place to have your reception. So that was on the Saturday. All your friends were there. Were there many from the Old Castle team with you? Yeah, there was a good few. So the game then on the Sunday was the second team. It was the junior championship. Right. Um, so there was, I think, six players in total at the wedding. Yeah. Um, so uh, they stayed on the sparkling water, I believe. And uh, <laughs> we uh, we got the wedding out of the way and then we decided, should we go and play football then on the Sunday? <laughs> 
I have I to mad say, oh, mad is the word, all right. It's a mad, mad world. Anyway, you had to, yeah, that's what I said, you had to tie the knot with this uh, young lady and then, of course, you had to go and kick a bit of ball with your friends. Did did, 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 did you all play? Did you get on? Did you get on the team? What was what happened there on Sunday? Yeah, so the rest of the lads started anyway and yeah. uh, I came on with about, oh, there was probably 10 minutes left or so in yes. the second half. Come on, anyway, now, but I, I don't mind telling you, I didn't actually do anything in the game, so uh, <laughs> it's not just the amazing story that uh, people are making out, you know. I got married like a lot of other people, and it just so happened to be that we went to play football the next day, so uh, just I don't actually deserve any of the credit. Oh, no, well, listen, hold on a minute. I think you brought karma to the equation because Old Castle beat Blackhall Gales by the minimum. He's won by a point. Yeah, single point just at the death. Yeah, Garrett kicked it. That was, that was you. Score now, so, but, but, <laughs> that, yeah. that was you. You made all the difference. You brought the energy. You brought what the karma, whatever you like, to that team, and they got the point and they won the title. God, <laughs> to win it so late in the game, so the scenes must have been unbelievable, was it? When no, you... it, was, it was, it was incredible. Now, it was just uh, the joy it brought to everyone now, and. <laughs> The joy you brought to me, anyway, and that was the, the only bit of energy I had on the day was just to celebrate that score. And, it's and good. Uh, thankfully, we got over the line. It's a good job to don't breathalyze before you come on as a sub. No, no, don't mind that. I'll, I'll take that question back. I don't mean that, to be honest with you. Anyway, you won. And, of course, then, that meant more celebrations. Yeah, so um, the plan was to have the day, too, in Mulla, anyway, um, where Jennifer is from. So, yeah. We were just having a few drinks in in the in the pub in Muller there, and next thing, two busloads of Old Castle people landed, and so the pub went from very quiet to very loud very quickly. I'm sure it did. Some out in there. My God, I don't think there's many had a wedding like this. Get married, win win a title. Next day afterwards, and the celebrations go on. How are you today? It's only Tuesday. Are you all right? I'm very shocked, but I'm very happy. <laughs> of course, you're very happy, is right. And, <laughs> and another problem I have now is I'm going to Motley Crew ah. in, in, in about an hour. We have to go to Dublin now, so you know I'd be probably more than happy to sit on the couch, but we have to go and do it all again now this evening. May I say you'd look all you'd look the part in the Motley Crew? I'd say by <laughs> my evening time. Yeah, well. <laughs> I certainly feel shock enough for it anyway. <laughs> no, this is great. It gets better. There's probably another uh, tale to add to this story later on in the week. <laughs> what, do you, what do you work at? Uh, my maintenance technician in a pharmaceutical company there in Blanchardstown. Oh, good man. And you're off, obviously, on holidays. Are you going on holidays? Are you going anywhere with ourselves? And I want to mention, please, I forgot this. You have a lovely boy. Luke is his name. He's 18 months. Are you doing anything or what's your plans or will you get away later on? Yeah, so we're, we're, I'm off for two weeks. Jennifer's off for five weeks. And tomorrow we're going to Mount Juliet in Kilkenny for a couple of nights. Oh, lovely. And that's without Luke. And then we're hoping to go away then somewhere next week for a few days and bring him with us. But uh, we're still actually debating that whole thing about where we're going. But uh, (laughs) we'll probably... We'll probably just do whatever Jen wants to do, you know. <laughs> ah, Muller sounds good to me. And <laughs> you could get another couple of busfuls joining you next week, maybe, and just keep the old show rolling along. You never know. Yeah, we'll try anyway, yeah. <laughs> anyway, what a few days it's been for you. And by the way, did they were they at the match? Did Luke and uh, Jennifer go to the game? 
Yeah, so that was kind of my motivation. Uh, I wanted to win a trophy in Park Talch and get a picture with Luke. So uh, I kind of said to Jennifer, I'm only going a few to go. And without putting pressure on her, she she did decide to go to the game. And thankfully she brought Luke. So uh, I know I was very happy. Ah, Listen, Stephen, you're a sport. Thanks very much for joining us. Good luck with the Motley crew and everything else that happens over the next few weeks. Congratulations to yourself and Jennifer and your little boy as well. Many years of health and happiness and joy as a family. Thanks a million. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. That's Stephen Tierney there, Old Castle player, winning the title at the weekend, getting married, and you heard all else besides what a story it is. Well done to him, and thank you for joining me again. That's it on Late Lunch this afternoon. Paul McKenna's on his way with the drive here on LMFM Radio. Stay with us, and we'll be back with your Late Lunch midweek Wednesday, tomorrow from 1.30, but we're leaving you today in the company of Mr. Lewis Capaldi. Days, nights, a long two years, and still you're not gone. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment. You can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.